Last week, Joey was on the podcast to help us go all in on the 2022 season for the Dallas Cowboys. And this week, he's back for us to blow it all up here on the Locked On Cowboys podcast. You are Locked On Cowboys, your daily Dallas Cowboys podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome to the Locked On Cowboys podcast. I am your host, Landon McCool. Thank you for making us your first listen of the day. And I am joined today by special guest Joey Ikes, back from uh, la- joining us last week with Marcus. Uh, but this time, instead of going all in on uh, the 2022 season, uh, Joey and I are going to discuss uh, blowing this whole thing up. So first off, Joey, I know last week when Marcus asked you if the Cowboys should go all in, uh, your your answer was obvious. No, having known you for so long, the answer, of course, <laughs> is always every year. Right. Uh, so I guess my my first question here is, do you think uh, a soft reboot or uh, or whatever we're going to call this exercise uh, is a good idea? And just to kind of lay out the parameters real quick, I basically told Joey he could do whatever he wanted with the roster, but just to make it realistic, obviously Dak has got to stay around because we have a, a pretty strong commitment to him. So uh, do, do you think that doing uh, doing this is a terrible idea? I mean, based on what you're telling us that you think going all in every year is a good idea? Yeah, so I think franchises sort of exist in one of two states, right? They either have a quarterback that they feel like they can win a championship with, or they don't feel like they have a quarterback they can win a championship with. Yeah. And and so if you have a quarterback you feel like you ha- you can win with, um, you should pretty much be trying to win one of those championships every single year that you have that quarterback because you just never know how many of those opportunities you're going to have. I mean, how many people after the 2014 season – thought Tony Romo will never see the playoffs again for the rest of his career or that we would only see Tony Romo play what five more games for the rest of his career something like that after you know walking off the field in Lambeau you just never know every year is so precious that it's really hard to sort of justify or make the case for any sort of real soft reboot or or a rebuild but in some situations, it makes some sense if you just feel like the entire rest of the roster is sort of in shambles and, and you need to you need to sort of reboot the rest of it around the quarterback yeah. to give that quarterback the opportunity. Uh, it's funny because it almost felt like they sort of tried to do that in 2016 for Tony. Yeah. And, yeah. Then, and then it like it all flipped on its back there in, in Seattle and. and away we go into this era of Cowboys football. So flipped on his back is a very unfortunate use of words there, Joey, uh, but, considering yeah, what happened. But yeah, uh, yeah uh, I, I agree. I think, you know, we're going to go through this exercise and we'll talk a little bit about the end about, you know, whether this is something we, this is something I, I actually want to do or not, or if this is more just to kind of calibrate how things are going to go uh, throughout the season from here on out. So, all right, let's, let's, let's just dive right into it. So, Outside of Cooper and Lawrence, who are the names that we're kind of discussing ongoing with all these plans, they seem like obvious names in this exercise to kind of go. Zeke also feels like an obvious name to be moved on from the scenario just because of the, the contract numbers that we see just on a very surface level. Uh, but but even in this hypothetical, does it does it make financial sense to cut him this year? So it sort of depends on, you know, 
if the goal is to blow this thing up and sort of punt 2022 with the idea that, you know, get, let's get crazy with the conspiracy theory here, with the idea that you're preparing for a 2023 season with Sean Payton as your head coach and, you know, that sort of thing, yeah. uh, then then financial concern for 2022 almost becomes irrelevant. Like you almost yeah. want to work backwards where instead of pushing all the money out to future years, yeah. You want to pull all as much of that dead money as you can forward into this year. Just take your take the hit, take the the blow up that's going to happen. Be really bad. Combine a bunch of cap flexibility in the future with a really high set of draft picks in 2023, and add Sean Payton to the mix, and away you go. So yes, I think you know even though cutting Ezekiel Elliott will you know gives him a 30 million dollar dead cap hit for the year and costs 11 almost 12 million dollars more to cut him than it does to keep him on the team uh for 2022 um yeah if you're going to rebuild this thing and, and blow it up with the eyes on 2023 i think yes you definitely uh consider zeke as somebody who who you would let go just because of the fact that if you can get rid of that that contract get rid of that number and be ready to roll into like an all-in sort of scenario for 23 and 24 um, the last two years of, of Prescott's current contract, um, then, uh, then yes, you go ahead and do it. You pull all that mo dead money forward, just eat it for the year and, and sort of move forward in the future. And so I guess the, the second part of my question on that would be, you know, how would you handle that? Would you make him a June 1st cut? Would you, would you try to spread that out over the next two years or you, you would just try to get it all into this year and eat up as much of it as we can? Yeah, I think because you, you almost have to live in this scenario in two worlds, right? Where Dak's only on a four-year contract. Yeah. Uh, and if if you don't show him that you are invested in trying to create an opportunity to win a championship, he has already taken cues from other quarterbacks in the league and how they handle yeah. their contract situations. Um, he will take a cue from a Russell Wilson or an Aaron Rodgers or a Tom Brady or a whoever and, and make the sort of make the power play to get himself into a situation where he can win. So you have to almost have to just take the full brunt of it in one season, especially if you're going to cut his best friend. Yeah. Like you got to yeah, take the true. full brunt of it in yeah. one year and then and yeah. we'll get to maybe a couple of his other really good buddies that may not wind up here um, in the future. But, uh, but if you're going to do that, just go ahead and do it in this year and preserve the opportunity for the next two years to be that real championship window that you, that you'll have with Dak as he, as, you know, as he will reach his, you know, seventh and eighth year in the league and all that kind of stuff. Yeah. And I think we, you know, there's, there are obviously some other friends as you, as you mentioned that, that may be kind of on the cutting block before we get into those. And we, we definitely will. I want to talk about bet online, uh, you know, football season might be over, but basketball season is full steam for both pro and college hoops. Uh, Bet online is the best spot to get all the latest odds, totals, and player performance uh, pros for where the next fire coach is going to be. Uh, Bet online is the number one spot for all your sports betting needs. It remains the best spot for all sports scores, podcasts, and news this season. It, it's not just basketball. Bet online is your best source for hockey, boxing, and US, UFC as well. Head to the website today to use your mobile device and let more more about ah, learn more about the trends in action. Bet online where the game starts. Uh, obviously, I am a very, very veteran uh, uh, ad read person, so uh, please excuse my uh, <laughs> terribleness there. Uh, but let's talk about those other names, you know, because we obviously we said Cooper, Lawrence, those guys are obvious. Zeke is an obvious name because because 
it just talked about all the time. And frankly, I, I wouldn't be surprised if the whole reason that Marcus even let me do this segment is just so we could talk about cutting Zeke some more. Um, <laughs> Who are some, uh, you know, outside of those folks, who are some other people that would be likely cut or traded, uh, you know, to kind of just either free up space uh, to get draft picks or, you know, both? Yeah, I, I mean, I think one of the things you look at in this sort of scenario is anybody with any sort of age on the roster. Uh, because if you are doing a, a reboot or a rebuild the purpose is to sort of rid yourself of high of big contracts for older players, yeah. replace those guys with super talented, young, inexpensive players, uh, and prepare yourself for a run uh, run in the near future. Uh, so at that point, you have to talk about the three veteran offensive linemen. Um, yeah. And as uh, I think it's it's almost blasphemous to talk about Zach Martin right now. So, so we'll, we'll leave that conversation out of it because you, you can't completely deplete your team. Uh, but at that point you're left talking about the tackles and they already seem like they've got a foot and a half out the door with, uh, with Lyle Collins anyway. So, uh, so I think you probably see that move happen as well, especially considering the, the young and expensive uh, offensive tackle that they have that they love currently uh, in Terrence Steele. Uh, and so then it comes down to the Tyron Smith conversation. And I, I do believe that with the, his contract the way it is, um, there are some teams out there who would absolutely love to trade for Tyron Smith and his contract. Uh, yeah. I, I mean, a team that trades for Tyron Smith gets in for $13.5 million in 2023 uh, and not much more than that the next year. And so so I think you absolutely you just you try to find a spot to deal Tyron Smith um, you're not going to get the quote-unquote value out of the situation of of dealing him to get you know what he's probably worth, um, but that's not necessarily the point here. The point is to get something in return for an asset that you're planning on moving on forward from anyway. Uh, and so you're probably going to move on from Tyron Smith and get a get a third or fourth round pick, or maybe a third and a fourth round pick, or something yeah. like that uh, from from a team that's ready to compete right now. Maybe Andrew Whitworth retires in LA, and they say, "Hey, you know, we can move Tyron Smith back to LA, um, and we'll give you picks." You know, we know less needs attitude towards them picks, so um, we make that trade, get him to LA, get him a chance to you know compete for a championship while you get some return back uh, and, and facilitate your rebuild going into 2023 and 2024. Yeah. I mean, I think all of that makes a lot of sense. You know, I, I also think that if you're talking about, you know, the potential of kind of truly blowing up this situation it, as much as it is blasphemous, like you said, to talk about, I think, you know, Zach Martin is another guy that, that, yeah. I mean, I, we just don't even want to say it out loud, but it yeah. is, is someone that you is, is imminently tradable just because of his skill set. His contract is his what his contract is, but I, I have a feeling that if you need a guard and Zach Martin is available, uh, there will be interest there. Oh, yeah. uh, but sure. I also think that you know this kind of shows like really, and this is kind of part of the reason that we did this exercise, right? Is this kind of shows you the, uh, the 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 other side of why this is not a good thing, right? The fact that that people would be lining up. To, to go to take on that Tyron Smith contract, you know, at, at this point, even with all the injury concerns and, and, you know, but the Cowboys have better knowledge of his, of his medical situation than any team out there. Yeah. 
And the fact that they're willing, they're wanting to hold on to this uh, just kind of shows you just how good this a contract this is, even with his injury concerns, you know, factored into that. So right. um, are there anybody, is there anybody else besides the offensive linemen? I mean, those seem yet like when we, when I started this and I started looking through it, it just really felt like obviously uh, the offensive line, because of the big number and because they still have value, uh, would be would be you know kind of culprits, but anybody else that you think that kind of just yeah is a big big red blinking light on our on our ledger that needs to come off for us to clear up space. I mean, it's it, there's not really anybody else that has you know a, a big a big really large cap impact on the on the team that would be somebody that you would ship off for cap purposes at least to try to pull some dead hit forward and clear up some some books. I mean, maybe Anthony Brown just to try to get a resource back. That maybe there's a couple of guys like that, but. Yeah. But really, uh, it's really those top, you know, five or six guys that and dead money, you know, the yeah. dead money from other exactly. players that aren't here, right? That's, exactly, that's what's yeah. taking up a lot of the capital. Yeah, and so you, if you, if you, you throw those guys out, throw those guys out, throw those numbers out <laughs> uh, yeah. uh, with with those top five, five or six guys on the roster in terms of cap hit, other than Dak, uh, you really clear your books up for the next for the next few years uh, and add some resources in terms of picks, hopefully. And uh, and hopefully, you know, you wind up in a pretty good spot to add some young talent to your team and uh, and be ready to win in 2023 or 2024. Uh, but even that, I mean, if if you you wind up without those guys on your team, like your odds of be of replacing those guys with even like replacement level players um, is not very good. And the odds, at least not all of them, right? Like you may replace Zach Martin with a guard who's capable, or you may replace, you know, Lyle Collins with Terrence Still and be okay. But the odds that you replace all of those guys with with replacement level, starter level players in really two off seasons, this off season and next off season, is you know pretty small. And, And the 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 risk if you don't succeed in replacing those guys is you've now you've slammed your own any potential championship window that you have shut uh, and you're looking at, you know, Dak's 10th, 11th, 12th year in the league before you're even in a position to have a chance to win. And if you, um, and if you get that far, you may not even have Dak on your team at that point. That's, uh, you know, that's something that a lot of people have to reframe the thinking about with quarterbacks at this point. You, you, that's a great point. And you brought up risk. And, and I think that leads me to kind of my next question, because you had talked you know, last time you were on with Marcus about the two paths. And, and I think you mentioned you even early in this podcast, either you're trying to win a Super Bowl right now or five years from now. We know some of the pitfalls in trying to win right away and missing your target. Right. You know, you can take a cap hit. It can make your your your, your books a little bit more difficult to work uh, on the cap the following year. It, 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 there are some pitfalls to it that, that, you know, there's downfalls to every plan. Right. But let's talk. You know, we don't talk enough, I think, about the pitfalls of trying to, to institute a five year plan because it, it, it's you know a level of assumption that it's a safe plan. Like, you know, that this is this is there's no there's no downfall. I mean, but but to me, there are pitfalls there. So let's so talk to me about some of the pitfalls of you know missing your target or or misjudging your your target uh, in in like a long five year rebuild. Yeah, I mean, we can look at a team like the Browns as an example here. It's like they went through this whole process of you know completely tearing down their team, trading off everybody, letting go of everybody reloading up with all these draft picks. They practically ran the draft for what felt like two or three years. We feel like they have a ton of talent and 
yet still they're barely playoff contenders with all this talent that they have that every year, you know, NFL Twitter, myself included, loves a lot of the moves that they make. Yeah. But what's the what's the one thing that they just haven't been able to hit at the, the highest level? And now they're having to make another decision about it. It's the quarterback position, right? And so yeah. it, if you don't have like if you don't hit get the quarterback position right, none of the other stuff matters. And if you get the quarterback position right, the other stuff matters a whole lot less. And so we saw it in, you know, 2011 to 2013 with the Cowboys. Yep. That was a rebuild. Like nobody wanted to talk about the fact that it was a rebuild. But there was a year where they ran like an undrafted free agent right guard from uh, like some division two or three school, uh, David Arkin out there at one guard mm -hmm. and a, a fifth or sixth round pick at center and, you know, and just – terrible on the offensive line yeah um, that was a rebuild they just had Tony Romo so they won eight games every year because they had the quarterback position right um, so and the risk becomes what happens with Tony Romo they essentially yes. after the 2010 season fired fired Wade Will Wade Wade Wilson <laughs> fired <laughs> fired but not I almost said Wade Willips which would have been interesting too which uh, would have been just a, a blend of the two which right, would have been exactly. an interesting coach to have I'm sorry. yeah for, yeah for sure <laughs> uh, they they fired Wade Phillips put Jason Garrett in and sort of put in this long-term programmatic developmental plan mm -hmm. of we're going to build around Tony Romo we're going to develop we're going to build the offensive lineup to protect him we're going to build a running game those sorts of things and then by the time you get to what should be like the crescendo of that, where you get through 2014, you you know number two seed in the in the NFC, borderline MVP at quarterback. 2015 is supposed to be the year, right? Like this is the year. They were a little early last year. 2015 is the year. Now the quarterback gets hurt, and now we're and you know the Cowboys got extremely lucky in that situation, and that they had Dak Prescott, who we, and we talked about it. You know, we happened to be doing a show together for the 2016 right. season. <laughs> That yeah. like so we went through that journey together a little bit of the development that Dak Prescott showed from college to the pros in year one um, may be unmatched in mm -hmm. NFL like in NFL history as a quarterback. You know Josh Allen's done it in through the first three or four years, but what Dak did from year in to year in plus one is just insane. And so the Cowboys got insanely lucky that their five year plan didn't just fall completely off a cliff in the second half of the 2010s because they lost the quarterback that had kept them afloat. Uh, and so that's really the risk is that you'd make all of these moves with the intention of reaching this some year in the future where you're going to win a championship or you're going to contend for a championship. And then the NFL happens where the, the injury happens that going all in for this year, everybody says, well, what if somebody gets hurt or what if a referee makes a bad call? Or, you know, if, if the San Francisco safety just catches the interception, the, the Rams aren't yeah. even in the Super Bowl, much less yeah. winning it, but that's the NFL. That's what happens in the NFL. The point yeah. is to put yourself in those games through the talent acquisition, through the, the team building philosophy, et cetera. Yeah. There's just, there's risk on, on both sides. And I think that that's what kind of one of the things that I wanted to just point out is that I, I felt like, you know, there's a lot of talk about, oh, five-year plan is sound and there's nothing wrong, but you could constantly be moving your target. You could be constantly uh, uh, having to readjust. And then what happens? You're just kind of constantly putting it off. You're perpetuating these eight and eight seasons while you're, oh, we just need to rebuild this position. And oh, by the time you finish rebuilding that position, this position needs to be rebuilt. Right. So right. Uh, if you're not like focused, 
focusing on all the way in right now, sometimes things can get a little bit murky because of the, all the things that you talked about, the yeah. way the ball bounces metaphorically and uh, uh, literally. So right. I think those are all huge things. Uh, you know, one thing that doesn't have any risk, Joey, is Built Bar. They, they are delicious every single time. Uh, this is the time of year. Most people are giving up their New Year's resolutions, but not me. I am sticking strong. I am able to uh, work out. I'm able to, uh, you know, not eat so unhealthily at, at, at lunchtime. And that a big part of that for me is Built Bar. Uh, they have these puffs. I don't know if you've tried the puffs yet, Joey. They're I'm so fantastic. Yet, no. The coconut marshmallow one. I mean, they are incredible. They're fluffy. They're like marshmallowy. It's like not just a protein bar. You know, I, sometimes I'll have a snack and I won't get full enough. Um, and, and I want something that's delicious and I want something that's going to keep me full until dinner time. I'll, I'll, I'll grab one of these before I work out. Uh, and eat it. They're low calorie. They're high protein. Uh, they replace candy bars, which is amazing. Uh, and 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 honestly, you know, when you have 130 calories, four grams of sugar, four net carbs, and, and 17 grams of protein, it's it's something that you don't feel so guilty about e eating right. at all. So with flavors like mint, brownie, chocolate, uh, coconut, coconut almond, the coconut ones are just nuts. They're my very very favorite. I eat them for dessert sometimes. So okay. uh, you guys make sure you check out Built Bar and go to Built.com and use promo code LOCKED15 to get 15% off your order. Use promo code LOCKED15 for 15% off your order. Um, Joey, I, you know, as we sum this up and kind of, you know, bring this in, you know, I think one of the reasons I wanted to do this, you know, when, when you wrote your article, it obviously prompted a, a, an interview with Marcus we thought was really great. We wanted to talk about it. Um, and, and, and I think the other side and the reason I wanted to talk about the other side is because I felt like, you know, we, 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 we have a hard time when we cover these teams trying to peek through the keyholes, like what Sigmund Bloom's uh, great phrases. And I think you had mentioned last time. Um, I think sometimes even when we see what's on the other side of the keyhole, we don't know what we're seeing. Right. You know, it's it's flashes, and that's the real the difficult part of peeking through keyholes, right? So sometimes it's it it, it helps to get a, a hold of the two extremes of of team building, so you can kind of triangulate. Uh, uh, where the Cowboys are, because this is the part that I kind of wanted to kind of get into. To me, and I think it, I, and tell me if you disagree, but I feel like you agree. To me, it feels like the Cowboys are trying to find some sort of middle path, you know? Right. And, and I don't know that that's a good idea necessarily, no. but I think that, that what they're trying to do is to try to find a way to have their cake and eat it too. And I, and I think that that's a really scary way to kind of not get either you know and not you know just kind of get trapped in this nebula zone where yeah we're rebuilding here but we're completely all in here so what are your thoughts on i guess where the cowboys are headed you know based on what you've seen so far i know we don't have a ton of information yet we have a lot of speculation uh tell me what you think about where the cowboys are headed you know on either of these three paths and 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 you know, what your general, you know, analysis of, of that is. Yeah. So I think you, I think you said it in a really great way. Um, but I think you picked the wrong dessert. I think the Cowboys want to have their pie and eat it too. That's, um, <laughs> that's so, probably you know, and, and it, it comes back to if part of this is when there's a bunch of chefs in the kitchen, right. Is yeah. that it's like, you know, Jerry's got one set of priorities. Steven's got another set of priorities. You know, Mike McCarthy has another set of priorities um, and trying to get those all to align in the right way um, is, is pretty difficult, especially when you consider that like that two of the three guys are are 
the other guys boss and you yeah. know, all that, like do you really expect mike McC- and you know there's all this like, uh, business stuff about you know, how to really generate you know true honestly honesty and transparency from your employees and how much of that really happens in, inside the star and you know we're not in there so we don't necessarily know no the, the true answer to that question but uh but yes i i definitely think that the cowboys are are trying to like you said, ha- have their pie and eat it too. And that they want to be in contention for a Super Bowl or win the division and all that stuff every year because Jerry wants to be able to go out and sell that. And, you know, yeah. Jerry's is, is aging up in the world and is, um, is he wants to win another one before, before he goes. And so that there's that priority. And then Stephen Jones seems always seems very concerned about, the cap three, four, five years from now. Uh, and, and so there's all these, these conflicting priorities and the way you said it is, is perfect for me. It's the most likely outcome of that is that you wind up with, with none of it, right. Is mm-hmm. that you wind up paying a quarterback $40 million and still not winning a Super Bowl out of it. And then you look back at the end of his career and you do what you just did in 2015 and 2016, where you say, man, I can't believe we had that quarterback for that long. And that's all we did in that period of time. Um, and, uh, and so I, if, if that's the direction that it feels like it's headed based on, you know, the words that we're hearing. And like you said, we don't, these are words right now. And really they're yeah. not even direct words. They're sort of implications of words and uh, whispers. Right? Yeah, exactly. They're whispers yeah. and they're, they're interpretations of statements and interviews and things like that. So over the course of the next two or three weeks, we're going to get a lot of action now and, and a lot less talking, hopefully, uh, and be able to, to parse through some of it and figure out exactly what they're trying to do. Uh, but but yes, it, it's some of this stuff. The logic is hard to follow because you don't know one move goes one towards one direction. And then the next move, the next statement feels like they're going towards another direction. It's like they talk Dan Quinn into coming back and being the defensive coordinator for another year. Um, and then they're going to let their second best defensive player leave, or they're going to either ask their second defensive player, best defensive player to take a pay cut or release him. And then mm-hmm. at the same time, going to ask their best wide receiver to leave because, you know, whatever reason, because they don't throw him the ball enough. And, uh, and so some of these things don't totally add up. And so, and I know that, you know, a lot of that is, things like we forget that these these teams these organizations um they're just like the companies that you and i work for right like they're all full of individuals with their own agendas and their own priorities and their own um capabilities and their own competencies and incompetencies and all of that stuff blends together into what we see as the outcome on the roster and on the field and uh, and I, I think we underrate that a little bit sometimes as we, we assume these teams are full of world class people at every level making every decision. Uh, and, and sometimes it's just people who used to sell insurance or be oil men who decide to get really rich and buy a football team and decide they're going to make a lot of the decisions and then hand it to their son, who you know, et cetera. So uh, yep. a long winded way to say, you know, a lot of times it feels like with these sort of long-term planning, it, it almost relates back to what happens on the field is that a lot of times football coaches would rather make a decision that makes them more likely to lose later than make the decision that gives them the best chance to win the game right now. And we see people get criticized like for going for two when they're down by, you know, when they're down by nine, they score a touchdown and puts them down by nine. All the numbers say go for two 
right now. Go for it right now so that if you don't get it, you can adjust later. But you'll hear like some people argue that, no, you can't go for two right then. You have to kick the field goal, take the point. That way you can go for two later. But what that does is that puts you in position to not have enough time left if you don't get Mm -hmm. that point conversion to have the chance to come back and get it to get the points you need to win. And so if you push for five years and you wait and then it doesn't work out in that fifth year, now what do you do? Because you're probably out of time on your quarterback and especially some of the offensive linemen and more veteran players that you have on your team. So uh, it feels like there, there's a little bit of maybe a power struggle going on and we'll see how it, uh, how it manifests itself over the course of the next few weeks in free agency and trades, et cetera. Yeah, I, I think I think we would all just love to see some synergy, you know, some yeah. and I think you, you you mentioned that word too, like last time we talked and just some everyone kind of pointing in the right direction would be nice. Right. And, and what we seem to be hearing, uh, whether it's chum in the water and not true rumors or whether it's, you know, it's just slightly untrue. It just feels like it's very disjointed and, and, right. and not uh, kind of all in one direction uh so maybe they're throwing it out to try to figure out what they want to do maybe uh maybe this is what they've decided on doing and it just doesn't make sense to us so yeah we'll find out a lot more soon so absolutely uh, guys that was uh that was a fantastic episode we really enjoyed having joey on joey thank you so much for for joining us Uh, you can follow him on twitter at joey underscore ikes uh, Joey, you have anything else you want to plug? Oh, where where do you have your uh, the that that article? Was that yes. on the SI? SI.com? Yeah, it's on, it's on SI.com with Mike Fisher. He you know Fish is my buddy, so he he gave me a phone call and, and pitched this idea, and I ran with it. So we had fun. And so friend of the show, Mike Fisher, we, we love him too. Definitely. So yeah, definitely make sure you guys uh, check that article out. Uh, check out Locked On Cowboys uh, the, on, on Twitter. Uh, check me out at McCoolBCB. You can find us on uh, all platforms or go to LockedOnCowboys.com. Uh, go check out Locked On NFL. That they're uh, doing a great job of covering all the NFL storylines right now in the offseason. Uh, until next time, happy trails, everybody. <laughs>